Hello, how is everyone doing? 107 here on a beautiful Saturday. I'm here with Snacks as always. I'm Sonny Carton. You're watching the Snacks and Sunny Show here on U Stadium. How are we doing, Snacks? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm doing amazing. I'm happy to be sitting here with you again, and I can't wait to get into this week's topics. Absolutely, man. And look forward to this every single Saturday to see what crazy stuff you got to say this week. 100%. So <laughs> let's get right into it. We came, there was some big news that happened this past week, and the news got mm -hmm. even bigger this morning with the announcement that Robert Woods has torn his ACL. Yeah. And now the guy Odell, who they look to bring in as that wide receiver three behind Woods and Cup, is now looking like he might be the number two, maybe even the number one guy. Hey man, it, Odell is naturally a number one. It may take some time for him to, to get in that role. You know, all due respect to Cooper Cup, um, but when you get a player of Odell's stature and his caliber, you know, he'll prove to them real fast that he's still a number one, but um, it just, it just made sense, you know, reassured everybody that they made the, the correct move. Had they not made the move and this happened, then it'd have been a lot of people in the building that would have regretted. But, um, you know, our prayers up to Rob, man, make sure, I, I hope he gets, you know, he gets healthy, but on a fast Friday, that's tough. Yeah, and the thing with Odell is I think he has a great opportunity here to kind of not rewrite the narrative on his name, obviously, because so much has happened in the past seven years that we've seen. But I think he has a chance here to kind of eliminate some of the narratives of him being a bad teammate. Like if he comes into the Rams locker room and it's a seamless transition, he goes and he balls out and all the guys love him. I think that that does a really good chance of turning around the narrative on Odell, not only in social media, just but how a lot of the common fans think about him. So I think Odell is not yeah. only looking at this from a football standpoint, but also like this is a really big chance for me. But again, I still don't see where the bad teammate thing comes from. Man. The guy is not a bad teammate at all. Well, I don't, and that's I don't why understand it's that part. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's what's so fascinating about it, because when I talk to you and I ask you the question, you don't know what that comes from. I speak, mm -hmm. I look it up online. No one else knows where it comes from. But yet we still have this idea that Odell's a bad teammate. No, and like I said on the last show, I challenge anybody – or any of his team to anybody to find a teammate of his that you know can call him a bad teammate for whatever reason it just it's not possible man like the kid doesn't do anything but work his butt off and he just gets emotional at times so so the rams play the niners monday night odell mm -hmm. will be making his debut who do you like in that game so you know for sure he's making the debut because I, I read something that uh mcveigh was saying that um it's a possibility depending on I how he picks up the playbook I believe this morning they confirmed that he will be playing. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think he has opportunity to do something good against that. Um, that that it's the 49ers, right? Yep. I guess that 49ers secondary, um, which has struggled some this year. They have a great linebacker core. Um, but I think, you know, McVay uh, designed some things for him to really showcase, you know, what he can do in uh, L.A. And I'm hoping this is a long-term move because – uh, you know, to give Matthew Stafford that type of weapon along with a Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and whoever else they bring in, I, you know, I think that'll be really, really good for L.A. Yeah, obviously the battle of the L.A. teams, Niners versus the Rams, I think the Rams are going to blow them out. And I'm actually surprised because you look at the spread online, and I think they only have the spread listed at about three and a half or four points. So it kind of seems like Vegas is with you in the idea that they might see this as a trap game or an upset game. Yeah, but I see it as the exact opposite. I see it as a, a statement game by the Rams to show that they're really ahead of the pack. Hey, so help me out here, bro. I don't, I don't understand the spread. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Um, All right, I got you. Here's the most simple way to think of it. So, 
if the not if the Rams are favored by three points, okay, all that means is if I bet the Rams, they have to win by three or more. So normally what it'll be is the spread will be like a half point. So let's say it's three and a half, right? Mm-hmm. If they win by three, then I lose the bet. And if they win by four, then I win the bet. So all they have to do is cover the amount of points that they're given. So what's the plus minus? Is the plus the team that's supposed to win? Other way around. So plus is the team that's the underdog. And then the minus is the team that's supposed to win. Oh, so plus they're saying they're giving them three points. Exactly. Oh, so, okay. Yep. So it, so it could go both ways. Like you could either say that like the Niners are, are getting three and a half points or the, or the Rams are giving three and a half points, whatever way you want to look at it. So yeah, I know Ryan. Um, I, I kind of see it. We don't we don't use it as bulletin board material, but I've heard it mentioned in the locker room a few times. Those uh, those Vegas numbers. Um, and what's funny, even about that, um, what's used more so in the locker room than anything else is um, as a joke, obviously. But um, Madden, whenever Madden comes out with their weekly game simulations, like that's used more in the locker room than uh, what Vegas is, which is funny. Do they have Xboxes set up in the locker rooms? Some teams do. Some teams don't like players to enjoy themselves. Other teams want you to be relaxed. So uh, some do. Some, a lot don't, though. That's awesome. I, I would yeah. love to be on a team that has the Xbox. Hey, listen, I played against JPP one time, man, and we all know what happened with JPP and his um, his incident. I was beating him. But the fact that he scored a touchdown, everybody in the locker room went crazy. Because the man with essentially one hand scored a touchdown on me, and now he's running around still to this day, feeling like he won that game, but he didn't. <laughs> All right, he's crazy though. I give him credit. Not a lot of guys have come back from injuries like that and stayed in the league. Yeah, he, he's, he's different. Been put in work. He's, he's put different. In work. He's, he's different. He's he's another guy that's um, kind of misunderstood. He's a he's a great football player, but even a better man. Like JPP is a, is an awesome dude. Yeah. Speaking of awesome dudes. The Panthers have just picked someone up who was a fan favorite in, Car- in Carolina for a long time, and we spoke about him. Big so, Cam Newton. <laughs> I don't even want to ask you, is he better than what they had before? Because what they had before was not that great. But instead, <laughs> I'll say, how do you think that a move like that affects the outlook of their team when they, they trade multiple first-round picks, to, or, or sorry, second-round picks to get a guy like Sam Darnold? They have P.J. Walker, the backup. How does bringing in an experienced vet like Cam Newton change the future of the quarterback position at that franchise? Hey, that was one of the first graphics I seen too when the uh, the news broke, which was hilarious. Um, I think it'll bring a boost into the locker room. Uh, the guys are just looking for anything to hold on to. Um, it's a face that everybody is familiar with, and I think people will be a little more patient with Cam as opposed to Sam. You know, you kind of saw the frustration on a lot of the receivers' faces uh, last week, um, in particular Rob uh, Robbie. Um, so I think Cam, uh, you know, bring a, a, a jolt of energy into that locker room and the organization as a whole. Yeah, unfortunately, they have to start off with the Cardinals tomorrow. So that's not the that's great That's a very winnable game. That's a very winnable game. The Cardinals? Yes. For who's starting a quarterback? Uh, for Carolina? Yeah, how, how, give me one reason why you think that game's winnable. Uh, one... With the last what the last couple of weeks the Cardinals haven't looked that great, right? Um, you know the the JJ White injury and a bunch of other things they got going on. But um, with them breeding new life into that Carolina team, uh, their defense is very much so capable, and they have offensive weapons that um, you know that they can get involved in a game plan and spread the ball out. So all Cam has to do is just make the right throws and 
you know, get all the timing throws down, which that may end up being a problem in the game more so than anything else because um, that, that offense is all built on timing. Yeah, and that's where I think Cam Newton's going to struggle because he's been out of the league now for about a year and a half, now two years, and he's going to miss out on a lot of those reps that get you comfortable. Oh, Cam played last year, man. Get, get you comfortable by this point in the season. <laughs> but wait a minute. The thing is this. If he can't be successful in the Panthers' offense, dumping it off to McCaffrey every single time, then he's out of the league. Do you agree with me on that? I mean, if Sam wasn't successful doing it, and Teddy, I don't think Teddy was um, per se. Um, I don't think that's the end-all, be-all. This may be one of his um, last chances to prove that he can play at a high level, but as in terms of being out of the league, no. no anytime you're a first-round pick or even a number one overall pick, um, or just first round in general, you get chance after chance in the NFL, no matter how bad you are. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and we see that a lot through our mm -hmm. history with guys getting chances, even after they might not look as good as other guys just because of the reputation they have coming in. And yeah. I think that'll be the same with Cam. I'm very happy for him, as Shed Sports says. And I just think, look, the Panthers were in a situation similar to a lot of teams where we see they're in this spot where they're 4-5, and five, so they're not technically out of playoff contention, but it's not looking too good. And, and nothing's really going well for them. It's a 29th in passer rate, passing grade. And pretty much what this move does is it's going to re-excite them. It's going to re-jolt the locker room, add in someone else who they're familiar with. And listen, when you think of Cam Newton, you think of the Panthers. So seeing him in that blue jersey, whichever ones they're rocking with, the blue or the white, if he scores a touchdown and hits him with a Superman, I mean, that, that's going to that's gonna be special for sure. So the Panthers are paying Cam's replacement, Teddy. Kev's replacement daughter, Kev's replacement, replacement. Yeah, that's hilarious too. But I give them credit for not being scared to do that. Like, I would much rather them wow. go out and get the guy that they think is better rather than being scared to pay three quarterbacks mm -hmm. at the same time. So who did they just bring in, man? Didn't they just bring in somebody before Cam? Well, no. So they had PJ Walker, who's a dude from the from the XFL, and he was backing yeah. up Sam. Mm -hmm. And then they announced him as a starter, and then all of a sudden they got Cam. Yeah, but I think it was somebody they brought in before they brought Cam in, either on a visit or they signed him. I'm not sure. Um, I think it may have been uh, – was it one of the, the USC quarterbacks? Um. Oh, yeah. Some, you know who it was? Was it Matt Barkley? Matt Barkley. That, that's who it was, yeah. Matt Barkley. Who did Barkley play for? Was that uh, – was it In USC? college? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a USC guy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I so. Could. How I, I don't understand, um, which kind of plays into my point to, you know, for you to bring Barkley in um, and then sign a Cam Newton. So those kind of guys in the locker room or maybe, uh, you know, upstairs that kind of had some push towards making that happen once the media, uh, you know, started saying what they said. And they're trying to just get the fans back on their side. You're listening here to Snacks and Sunny on U Stadium. Make sure to stick around till the end. We got a big announcement. So are, are there any teams that you have right now, I would honestly say pretty similar to the Panthers, though, where they're not in the playoff race, they're looming. But that being said, they haven't given all hope on yet? Yeah, um, I'm going to kind of go on the AFC on that one because I think the NFC is just too loaded. Like it's This is midway, the end of the third quarter of the year is the time of the year, especially when you have conferences like that where teams either play themselves completely out you know, losing games that they shouldn't lose um, or, you know, win some games that nobody had any idea they would win. So uh, I'm going to stay in the AFC on that one. So I'm going to go with the Colts, um, the Chiefs, and the Browns. I think they have the best chance of 
having that kind of subpar record right now and then, you know, exploding into the playoffs, more so the Colts. I like what the Colts are doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you say the Colts as your answer because I don't count the mm-hmm. Chiefs to me because they're, they're so good and most of their, their issues this season have been their yeah. own fault. Yeah, to you me, can't it's count like, them out. Exactly. Like once they figure it out, they'll be fine. They're still one of the top teams in the league, regardless of the record to me. Yeah. But I, I like the Colts. I think that's a good choice. Carson Wentz, obviously down there in Indy, they're starting to put some things together. You mm-hmm. got Frank Wright heading the team. I, I really like what the Colts have been doing. And I think if there is one team right now to pick from the AFC, it, you kind of have to look at the Colts. The Titans with the injury to Derrick Henry have just pretty much left the door open for the division. And, and now it'll be pretty interesting to see what ends up happening. Yeah, um, I just wish that the Colts would have, you know, made a OBJ type of move or, you know, did something to bring in some more firepower on offense because right now they're just kind of strictly relying on the running back, who's a pretty good running back. Um, but that mode, that build of running back, you can't really, you know, make a playoff push just based off of just his style alone and then expect Carson to do some things off of that. Like, he's just – that that type of running back style is just not built for, you know, a playoff push. But it can look good. They can score points. They can, you know, win some games as long as their defense can hold up their end of the bargain. But um, I just wish they'd have brought one or two more pieces in. And that's what I love about free agency. You get an awesome idea of which teams are trying to make a push and which teams are serious about going and competing. You yeah. have the Rams who have the, the leading in passing yards, Matt Stafford, and the lead, leader in receiving yards, Cooper Cup, and they still went out and get Von Miller to buff up the defense and yeah. Odell for the offense. Yeah. So some teams, they make it very clear that they're trying to win the Super Bowl, and the Rams are trying to do that this year, as well as everyone else, obviously. But yeah. Yeah. the Rams are making a, a very clear focus to push for it, and I think they're going to have a chance to do it. Yeah, they're, they're kind of they're, they're debunking the myth um, that you know, once you Super Bowl win, no closes, it closes. Because weren't they, they were in the Super Bowl a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody thought, you know, they came back the next year, had a bad year. Everybody thought that window was like it was closed, it was over. So now they made a move for Matthew Stafford, and now that window is back wide open. And mm-hmm. so let's go to Henry. Could the Seahawks, with a healthy Russ, make a late push? I want to hear your thoughts on this because the, the Geno situation was a very big uh, moment of confrontation Listen, for us. Hey, if you put up Geno's stats from the game that he started, Geno did not play bad. He actually played relatively well. And I'm not just saying that because that's my guy. That's my brother. But Geno played relatively well. It could have gone way left, but it didn't. Um, so, But with a Russell, I think that they can make the playoff. I think they can. Yeah, I mean, so much of what we talked about about what makes the Seahawks good had to do with Russell Wilson. Those those scrambling plays where he finds Lockett, the deep balls to Metcalf down the field. And those are the things specifically that we talked about when Russell Wilson was out that Gino was having a hard time capitalizing yeah. on. But I think when Russ comes, ba- when Russ comes back, he's going to surprise people because he's going to pick up just where he left off, killing it, and he's going to be finding the guys downfield as he always has for, what, about 10 years now? Yeah. So I, I think Russ coming back, it, it does wonders for them. And a team who right now is sitting at, what are Seahawks? Right now they're last in the division at three and five. They're going to have to make some wild card push because they're, they're not winning the yeah, division from the Cardinals. that's what I'm saying. It depends on how the bottom of that uh, that playoff standing is, look, is looking. Like, can they get some of those tiebreaker games? You know, did they beat the teams that are at the bottom? Because um, that division by itself, not even the conference, that division by itself is loaded at the top with Arizona – and uh, in L.A., but Arizona has always been historically been that team uh, over the 
past recently, they've been that team that's always started off good but kind of faded out towards the end of the season. So if they can, you know, reverse that and find a way to win some games, then they'll make it real tough for Seattle. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting season down in the stretch. And I'm interested to see how the 17th game comes into play because that's something that I haven't seen talked about a lot. And as you know, the tiebreakers in the NFL go down to the very last play sometimes. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see if this year a new element is added in with the people who have to worry about that 17th game. There might be a team that kind of like happened in the Warriors in basketball where they might have been in in last year's playoffs, but now because of that extra game, they, they have to win one more to get in. And I think the yeah. NFL definitely did that on purpose, other than just to have the extra game to make money. But but I think that could definitely stir some things that <laughs> yeah. stir some things up as the season goes on. I think they'll find a way to kind of mix that up too, to um, not really like kind of like basketball, not really schedule that last game and kind of have it be like a play in or extra wild card week to only schedule the teams who need these games for you know win loss purposes. Or if you don't, then they'll probably give them a bye week or something like that. Um, but it's, it's, it's possible. Is that a recent picture of Russ? Yeah. That's, so that's two weeks ago. Here's oh, that's a week ago. Here's what I love about here. And here's what I love about Russ. And, and I want to know if you saw this, did you see before the games every week, he was going out there on the yeah. field and running the three minute drill, like with, with no helmet on that, that's yeah. the type of stuff that you see at the quarterback. And you're just like, man, like the preparation that uh, you know, because you played in the league, obviously, I don't, yeah. but the preparation, not only just physically, but mentally, just to stay ready through so many years of your life playing football, and you go through an injury, and you're still on the field getting ready to do your set, like, that just, the, like, you cannot describe staying mentally ready better than Russell Wilson. Yeah, um, for him, it's just, every, well, quarterbacks in general is routine. Everything has to stay the same. The moment you get out of that routine, you kind of go into a funk. So for him, him not being able to play or practice, he still went through the same routine. So as you said, that there's a great possibility, a good chance that he can come back in and pick up where he left off at because he's continually been doing the same thing he was doing as if he was playing. So, you know, kudos to Russ for that. Uh, I agree. And I just want to make sure I shout out one person here before, before we continue on. I need to shout out Mike White on the Jets. I don't know how much you've seen the Mike White Revolution snacks even though it has been televised. He has more touchdowns than Zach Wilson already with like a million less attempts. It's Mike White time right now in New York. How do you feel about it? I think they opened up more to playbook for him as opposed to the, the, the young guy. Um, one thing that I thought was funny when he said he should have been, uh, yeah, that, that, that right there. And it kind of it confused me because, you know, you have one or two good games or whatever it is. Like, let's, let's slow down. Let's not build your hype train because in New York, they will tear you down. That's not Dallas, Texas. For what you just said, you got to stand on what you just said and own it for the remainder of your time on that team because that one quote you said is going to always be brought up and it's going to follow you throughout the remainder of his, uh, of his career. I'm all about guys having confidence and believing in yourself. But at the position that you guys are in and uh, where you are in your career, that's something you just shouldn't have said. Yeah, I, I agree. And I love it because it's just the most jet situation. Like, yeah. obviously, Zach goes down at the end of the game two weeks ago, and Mike White comes in, only throws like a few passes, I think. And then he obviously starts next last week and gets injured. It's just like, Jets fans can't have anything. We, we, we put all our marbles <laughs> behind Mike White, and then all of a sudden we're watching Josh Johnson throw 30 passes like in a game. Who, look, hey, who, who did looked pretty good? good? Who, who looked good? good. Yeah. And I credit him. I bet you didn't know this. Who do you think his college coach was? 
Um, what's his name? Uh, was it Harbaugh? Yeah, at yeah. San Diego State. That's like that's like before I was born almost. Yeah, look, man, you was born yesterday, man. <laughs> almost, almost nineteen yesterdays ago. Yeah, but Josh has consistently been put in this position um, for the majority of his career. Um, either he doesn't open up the season on the roster. Or he comes in, try out, and end up starting and playing for the team and, I, and being asked to produce, which is why year after year you see Josh Johnson on the roster. And people wonder why. Like, he always goes in and have those type of games like, uh, you know, the Jets fans saw. And I feel like we always need, like, a – I always felt we need a camera or something in the locker room for those guys that aren't going to get posted on the social media pages. They aren't going to be the ones making $3 million a year, even at the minimum, like – they aren't going to be the guys doing any of the notable things that come along with playing in the NFL, except yeah. for showing up every single day, busting their ass and making sure they stay on the roster. I always wish there was something to give those guys more credit just to follow them around, because I do think they deserve another extra credit, putting in the same amount of work as these guys without the same guarantees that the star players are given. I agree with you 100%. And you would definitely know what that is about being undrafted, so I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> sure you agree for sure. Yeah. Um, so... I know you said you're not that big of a basketball guy, but have you been following the beginning of the season at all? Anything that stood out to you, and even in a little bit? Yes. They, here we go again. You know, the Knicks have a little success now. They're the best thing since uh, Wilt Chamberlain Lakers, man. Like, let the let the season progress a little. Let the guys get some games under their belt. Like, they're saying that the Knicks are the best team in the NBA and the Lakers are the worst team. Like, just give it some time. Let's let's. Let's let them play 20 games at least before, you know, crowning people. You're going to come at my Knicks with the first thing? The, the first thing about basketball is at my Knicks? Hey, hey, man, because you always see it. You always hear it. Here, here's where I stand on the Knicks. Like, obviously, the past few games have not been as great as we started the season. But we just have to keep playing. Like, I'm so mad at what I saw yesterday at the end of the – down the stretch of that game. Yeah. So many mistakes by the Hornets that even – I don't know if you saw the videos of Michael Jordan. He was like – getting pissed off at Kelly Oubre, and we couldn't capitalize on a single one of those mistakes. And that's yeah. the thing that pisses me off as the basketball fan, is when I'm watching the Knicks, and they're doing things that at the high school level would get me <laughs> pulled out of the game, and they're just standing there on the NBA court, it, it is actually the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. Yeah. But to get off of the Knicks and to go on something that brings me the utmost of joy, and that is one Steph Curry. This man... I have never seen anyone else do what he does on the basketball court, Snacks. It, it yeah. reminds me of Mahomes on the football field. I, I can't even describe it. It's it's weird, especially like when you see him make some of the plays because you don't even want to watch the basketball go in. Like when he's shooting, you just want to see his reaction. Like, does he know it's going in? Like, like because you've all you've seen him in the past, like throw some shots up and turn around and say something like, like I, you know, I just know. And me being a, you know, I can kind of relate to Steph because I was a shooting guard slash point guard in high school, and I was a pure shooter. So, you know, when 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 you're feeling it, you're feeling it. You don't even have to watch it go in. So he's he's fun to watch. What what was the high school build? Say that again. What was your high school build? Six feet, three hundred? No, man, I was six three. What? 240, 235, 240. Who else was on the team that you were the point guard? Well, we had other guys that were – I think our center was like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, uh, I went between like – I played point in spurts. I wasn't the starting point guard. I played point guard in spurts, but I was mainly the shooting guard 
if you put a smaller guy on me, then I would put him in the post and, you know, go to play the four. But I could do a little bit of everything. I was a pure shoot. I can still shoot the rock now, man. We can pull up footage of that. It's, it's Look, I, I'm going to need that to happen. Yeah. I'm going to need to see it in real life. We'll have to get a game, oh, of, hor- we'll have to get a game of horsing. We can play one-on-one. Let's not play horse because you don't have a chance. I, I'm da- if, I mean, you, if you let me sit there comfortable and shoot, like you don't have a chance. So you need to make me move. I think you have less of a chance in one-on-one. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what they all say. I know, hey, I'm a big guy. Until you see it live in person, when you see that first step, my first step is quick as hell, man. It surprises a lot of people. You'll be surprised when I jump up and grab onto the rim, I bet. Okay. Nah, man. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. <laughs> no, I got the youth legs in me. I have to be able to. So I have a question for you. And something happened with Steph last night that made me think of it. But so do you know the JJ Reddick podcast that he has? Have you, are you familiar yeah. with that? So mm-hmm. he obviously has a lot of connections. He gets all the NBA players on. So he had Alex Caruso on the podcast. Uh, I guess it was the day before. Well, it, it aired the day before the, the Warriors-Bulls game last night. And in that video... JJ Redick asks Caruso about a certain Steph move where he like was shimmying and then just took a step to the right and then hit a three. And then last night in the Warriors game, Caruso was ice out on Steph. And all I could think of in my head is, is he about to do the move that Caruso was talking about? And he looks at him and he goes, he shimmies and he steps back and it just drains it. And I'm asking you, was there ever anything that you told to a teammate like, yo, I'm going to do this before the game or someone doubted you and, and you were like, oh, really? Like, watch this. Like, is there any something you did that in a game? Yeah, like we do that during the play or we do it. Uh, I mean, during the game, I will do it during the week. I'll tell you, I'm going to get a sack. or I'm going to get three TFLs. Or I'm going to beat them this kind of way. You know, or I'm going to do this. Or you tell the referee, like, yo, watch this. I'm about to do this. And, you know, when you do it, it's just it's, it's so look at the young snacks on the screen, too, man. Look at Young Snacks, man. Got got the acne and everything going or whatever you want to call it. You see the state I, championships I even, up in the back, too. I didn't even recognize you. Yeah, man. That's that's Slim Snacks right there. Slim Snacks. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best one. Whenever we put out our brand, we're going to have Snacks and Slim Snacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two different people. Oh, my Damn, God. Man, I miss those days. That's crazy. So... You ready for the big announcement? Yeah, man. The stage is yours, my friend. Yeah, so um, you know, it's just it's been a um, it's been a long time coming. Um, you know, I've I've had conversations with my family. We talked about it. Um, I've had opportunities to play this year, the beginning of the year, and even throughout the season up until now. Um, and I always knew it would be the case, but. Um, Today, I will officially be retiring from the NFL. Um, I waited this long just to see if, you know, that desire and that want to would still be there. Um, and it hasn't been. Um, you know, I, I, I don't – I love the game of football, um, but I don't miss it. And if I can't go out there and play with that aggression and passion, you know, that that's made me the player that I am today um, – you know, I just I just can't do it. So um, again, I've known since the off season that this was going to be the case, but I wanted to see if it would be, if it would have been a little like last year, like midway through the season last year. Um, I felt like I wanted to play, so I went out and played. Um, but I'm just not getting that feeling this year. Um, so I'm gonna officially be stepping away, you know, from the game of football, and into the business world into entrepreneurship 
Um, my wife and I, we're in the real estate. Uh, we got a few homes in Louisiana. Um, I'm opening up a restaurant in Dallas. Um, I signed an agreement with Vitality Bowls to do um, two restaurants. Um, I'm working on my own uh, juice and my own uh, alcohol. Um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot right now, and I'm also in conversations with uh, the brand Rap Snacks, trying to get snacks on a bag of Rap Snacks. You know how exciting that would be. Um, but you know, just uh, just to speak to you know myself, I know I rubbed a lot of people wrong throughout my career, um, and I'm unapologetic. I really don't give a damn if you know me um, or if you understood me. Then you know exactly where I was coming from. So um, I'm I don't have any regrets. Um, the biggest thing I've done in my career was my philanthropy work, um, where we've served over, you know, 20,000 meals. We've serviced over 15,000 families in uh, New York, New Jersey, Texas, Louisiana, Carolina, uh, Florida. We, prov we provided school uniforms for hundreds of kids um, and families that lost everything during uh, hurricanes and tornadoes. Um, we make sure kids have gifts every Christmas um, in Louisiana and also in uh, New York. Uh, we do backpack drives in Texas and in Louisiana. Um, we've serviced homeless shelters, schools, colleges, veteran centers, women centers. I, um, I can go on and on of the, the list of stuff that I do um, and that I'll continue to do. But uh, whenever they ask you about Snacks Harrison as a player or Damon Harrison as a player. Um, I just want y'all to put my philanthropy work first and foremost. And during that time where I was doing everything that I just named and, you know, it's countless more things that I've done. Um, I've managed to uh, play football. Um, I'm a God-fearing man. I'm a husband and I'm a father of seven. And um I'm officially retiring from the game of football. I wish I had a mic to drop, but I don't have a mic to drop. So um, it's been fun. Uh, Jets fans, Giants fans, Lions fans, Packers fans, um, Seahawks fans. You know, I'm going to miss you guys. And y'all won't, you know, this won't be the last y'all see of me. I'll still be around. You know, I'll be that old guy coming out to some practices or some games or whatever else. But it's just time for me to focus on my family and on the business side of things. So if you're ever in Dallas, Texas, make sure you stop by GVO Lounge and Bistro and let them know Snacks sent you. So Snacks out, man. I appreciate y'all. Well, I'm just going to have to give you a round of applause because yeah. not only did you have an incredible career, stats on the screen, but everything you just said off the field, and listen, and I mean this truly, you cannot describe the modern nose tackle in today's football without bringing up Snacks Harrison. It's it's impossible. There's no way to do it. There's no way to go around it. You redefine dominance at that position, and I'm just thank you so much for being here, and just thank you for everything, and give a round of applause to you because you deserve it. And as it stands today, it is officially announced. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. We will wait and see. Woo. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. Hey, they 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 won't do it, man, because they don't they don't they don't understand me and they don't like me um, because I just didn't have a huge uh, media presence. Um, 
in terms of you know relationships with the media um i've seen what the media has done to some great people and i just never wanted that to be me i never embraced the fame i never embraced the limelight you know it's guys who retire from football and don't know who they are they they just lose themselves um because they're so used to the attention in the limelight and then it hasn't gotten to me you know i'm damon harrison i still go to the grocery store i still go to the gas station i wait in line like everything that made playing football great i it really don't mean anything to me like i i love the game of football i didn't love being a football player all the things that comes with being a football player um so once i walk away from the game like i'm doing now i'm completely fine man i don't care about the you know the limelight or the glitz and the glamour is just me and my family at the end of the day as it's always been um, and I throw something in there for you too. Throughout those games, I've only missed one game in my career. I've only my entire career. I've only missed one game, and that was my last year in Detroit on Thanksgiving. Um, other than that, I was I had a streak of games going on that was in the hundreds. Um, so I've been durable. I had the ability and availability. And you know, when you define what a nose tackle is and what I've been asked to do throughout my career. I just don't think that nobody has done it better than me. I haven't been blessed to play with these Hall of Fame quarterbacks and win Super Bowls or, you know, whatever else. I've been in the situations I've been in, and I made the most out of them. And I'm very appreciative of them. So, um, you know, I'll be in the, the, the Hall of Fame in some other ways, man. But, you know, I want to go into the philanthropy Hall of Fame more so than anything. Yeah, and not only that, but I mean this when I say it, but if there's a fan Hall of Fame, I mean, you're in it. And I think you know that just because of yeah. the love around snacks and everything. Yeah. But like that that's really all that matters in the, the day, who you touch. It doesn't matter what the, the media voters give five years from now. But 100%, I mean, I think it takes a lot to kind of, I call it the D-Wade route. There have been plenty of guys that did it before him. But you kind of get to a point where you're like, listen, I was one of the best players ever. And I'd rather go out now on my own terms when I know I can still do it. Rather than wait in five years, maybe you're not as good or like you said, you lost the passion, whatever it may be. So so I a lot of respect to you for, for calling it. And, and I mean, just been awesome to watch. And I can't wait to see your other business endeavors be more successful than your playing career was. Yeah, man. Like I said, I got a lot of things going on, man. Make sure if you have been to Dallas area, look me up. Come check us out. I'm going to take care of you. <laughs> so, as we wrap it up here, I have just a few questions. I want to go into a few different things I had written down coming into the show. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on UFC? You a big MMA guy? You watch it at all? I used to, man, but it kind of lost me um, after they came out with the video game. Um, the video game was extremely hard to play, so uh, I kind of stepped away and watched Bone Jones, uh, Bones Jones occasionally because I've trained – uh, down in Florida in the same facility he has uh, and a couple other MMA guys down in the, the Dallas area. But, um, no, man, I just watch for specific guys. I haven't really gotten into it. It's something that I want to, but I just hadn't had the time in the past. I feel you, and that's fine. I mean, I, I love the UFC game, and I'm happy you bring it up because the reason why it's such a good game for us, especially like here in a college environment, is because – if you want to play Madden, right, or 2K, like, we'll get some great games in, don't get me wrong. But you know how it is. That's like a 20, 30-minute thing, like everyone's yeah. sitting around. With UFC, you step up with John Jones. You don't block the right punch, and you're getting dropped in the it's, first round onto the next person, hand the controller. So 
UFC yeah. is like the perfect game for a lot of people gathered around. Which was kind of like fight night for me when I was in college. Like fight night was it. Like we can play Madden, we can play NCAA, we can do all of this. Like no, let's pop in the fight night on the Xbox 360 and let's get it going. Let's get it going. Let's do yeah. it. 100%. No, it's amazing. And you think of like, it's so crazy how nowadays like video games are such as big of a, almost as big of a part as like the game itself because so many people are unable to play football at the highest level, but they can play yeah. Madden at the highest level. Yeah. So to them, they're sitting on the Xbox all day trying to mimic what they see on screen. But to me, I always wondered like, is the best video game the one that is the closest to the real life sport or, or is it the most fun to play? I mean, there's so many different routes you go when you try to mimic a video game into or a real sport into a video game. Yeah, I think it has to be uh, as close as possible to the actual thing, um, which is why I never got into the um, the soccer games because I don't understand soccer for the life of me. But a lot of my good friends, they play it all day, every day, like Every time you see them online, they're doing it. So um, I think th that's because it's more, you know, more realistic. And Madden is starting to get there as well. For sure. And I think Madden, like, just as time goes on and technology gets better, they start adding more and more things. I just like to see them change it up. I mean, I have so many complaints on the video game. But it's more <laughs> just because it's been the same thing every single year. Yeah. And we, we want something new. We got to spice it up. Yeah. Shout, hey, shout out my people at Madden too, man. Shout, shout out to people at Madden. I will say though, I give them credit for, uh, I don't know how officially in the works it is, but they've restarted the production on the NCAA football game finally. So we, we might finally get to see uh, some dudes in the college jerseys, some old time teams maybe, whatever that may be. And, and that could be pretty cool. I think 2K is taking over Madden again as well. Say it again? I think 2K is taking over Madden again. They're, they're taking over EA? Oh, you're saying just as the game. I got you. I got I you. I think 2K is going to be producing. Uh, I, I don't know if it's still going to be called Madden, but I think they're, uh, they're doing that here soon, sometime in the near future. Hmm. Uh, that's a good question from Ryan there. So are you familiar with what Pro Football Focus is? Yeah. <laughs> you, you see the question. What are, you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, Some people like it. Uh, the majority don't because um, it shows a lot of people in a negative light, especially some guys where they don't exactly understand what they're being asked to do. We'll go back and a guy had a great game and PFF will give them like a 50 or a 55 or a 60 and it'll be a guy who did something real simple and that'll get an 80. PFF has been wonderful to me and great to me throughout my career. Um, they've actually been one of the few people or entities that acknowledge you know my dominance and what it is i've done in the game of football for so long but a lot of nfl players don't like pfl just simply because um in their eyes they get the grades wrong a lot and, and i think a lot of the hate uh for pro football focus i, I wouldn't say it's unjustified but i would just say there, there's no way around it i mean the yeah. whole idea of what pro football fo focus is doing is trying to assign a number to uh, 60 minutes of football play and that that's impossible to do to calls they don't even know it's impossible to do with a number yeah, yeah exactly for plays they don't even know for spots they don't even know a guy was in but like a good example they, of that is they like, get it, they get close though i tell you what they get extremely close they do their best for sure but but yeah. a good example of that would be like i saw last week they had Javon diggs ranked as the 106th best cornerback now i don't know what his I, I, he obviously struggles in coverage he had the a crazy amount of picks to start the season but there's no way you're telling me he's the 106th best cornerback in the league. 
Like the well, little things like that. I feel like this, you, you can't describe things by a number. Because the only time we really see uh, or really pay attention to that position is either when they're getting scored on or they get interceptions. Like PFF is grading them on every single play. Like how did he guard this route on this play that had nothing to do with his man? Like um, is his man, is he constantly like having lapses in coverage? Um, you know, how, you know, how is he in coverage? So I think they're grading him more. So we see the splash plays, we see the interceptions, right? But they're just looking at every single play, and I guess he must be struggling um, during major parts of the game. I got you. I think that could be – I mean, I guess when you look at – there has to be some reason behind it. They're not just making up the numbers. Like, so they must – like you said, they must have some reason behind calculating yeah. it. But now I want to – I have another question I'm going to ask you to kind of uh-huh. wrap it up here. Now this is something that I have been meaning to ask you since the first episode, and I don't know how I've let it slip my mind every time. Uh-huh. Did you see what was just announced on the Jake Paul Tommy Fury undercard? Was that the the NFL players? So Darren Williams versus Frank Gore. The question is, will Snacks ever be stepping into the ring? Listen, man. Um, no friend of mine, Rick Ross, showed a boxing uh, video, and uh, I posted on my Instagram. I challenged him to just a three round boxing match. Um, I don't think I will, man, because these, these these knees, man. My mind is telling me going in. I feel like I can kick somebody's ass, but my you know my body is telling me no. Uh, I've had two surgeries this offseason, which is another thing that led to the retirement decision. Um, but my body, my I don't think my knees would let me. But you know, give me a year, let me get down from this three hundred and fifty pound nose tackle. Let me get down to that two fifty, two forty that frame that you saw in that basketball video and um you know i may call a couple people out well i'll tell you right now that <laughs> hey frank gore is kicking ass too by the way frank gore is just a badass in every sense of the word like i believe he's going to do great i i got my money on frank gore too the running yeah. back you gotta go he's gonna yeah. bust through him he's an og but i'm telling you now if you ever i'm telling you for a fact that snacks harrison gets a fight if he asks for a fight so yeah. if the day comes the knees are feeling good, and you want the fight, put it out there because it will happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I already got a couple people in mind that I want to put these paws on. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, hell yeah. I, boy, I've been wanting to beat the hell out of some people. Yeah, you've been watching Snacks and Sunny here on New Stadium. <laughs> Snacks has just officially announced his retirement. So that's awesome. Give him another round of applause for that. Amazing career. Just, just incredible. And now ended up here sitting with me with the teams you played for on helmets behind you. It's a great way to wrap it up. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for watching. If you have anything else you want to say, Snacks, I'll let you send it off. But if not, we'll see you next Saturday. No, man. Again, appreciate y'all for watching. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, see y'all next weekend. Thank you so much. You're watching U Stadium.